Welcome to the Growth Moves Podcast with Rob Tyson. Welcome back, listener. Rob Tyson here. And in the last episode, I talked to Nathan Littleton about the three pillars you need to win with email newsletters. That was a really good conversation. So be sure to catch up on that if you missed it. But I'm here today with Gareth Everson. Now, Gareth founded the software company Connectably to help business owners who aren't naturally software people to systemize processes, understand marketing technologies, improve their client experiences, get paid their true worth, and increase their business value. And today we've got a really good topic for you because we're going to be talking about seven steps to systemize your sales and marketing. Now, before we get uh, welcome, Gareth. Get into all that. If you're listening to this show, you may well be a consultant, a trainer, a coach of some kind, and perhaps you're struggling for the right recipe to grow your business online. Well, if you pop along to robtyson.net forward slash report right now, you can get a free copy of my brand new report, and that's going to show you my rapid method for designing and selling your first online program for two to ten thousand pounds. And you'll also find out how our fastest client was able to do this twice in fact in four days and the funny thing was he did it without actually trying to sell at all you'll see what i mean in the report so once again that is free you get it at robtyson.net forward slash report and inside you'll see why the old online course model is dead but a twist on it works better than ever why the key to selling more is to be an m and not a d and you'll discover the only six tech tools you need to get started with creating and delivering your high return online program all for under 25 quid. So once again, the place to go to get all that is robtyson.net forward slash report. So go there now and get yours. And with all that said, Gareth, good to see you. Thanks for having me on, Rob. Yeah, welcome. And uh, just by way of introduction, a little bit of background on, on you. How did you get into this business of helping people systemize the sales and marketing in the first place? Um, I got into it through a career in technology and systems. Um, out of university, I got hired by Accenture and was a um, a consultant in systems implementation programs. Got hooked on both the technology, but more importantly, on the things that it helped people to do and to achieve. Um, and over time, um, just... Uh, wanted to develop that further and work with more and more businesses. Um, gradually stopped working with larger businesses and now work with small owner-managed uh, businesses where I feel that I can help more. Yeah, great. And and you were um, you were a uh, consultant quite involved with Infusionsoft, I think, for for a number of years, weren't you? Still am. Still yeah. am in uh, in Infusionsoft's partner program. Mm-hmm. Um, four years ago, I launched my own software company um, because I saw that the big companies like HubSpot, Infusionsoft, Active Campaign weren't really picking up on many of the problems that the majority of small business owners faced. And that was really software and systems overwhelm. So I launched Connectably with a view to helping with that. It probably a lot of listeners can relate to that. So some of those problems, you know, overwhelm, I mean, you know, just being confused, trying to string a few different tools together, probably that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, even if you, even if you look at the Apple app store today, there's 1.8 million apps on there. 10% of those are business apps. 
So, I mean, it's an overwhelming place. 180,000 business apps that are online, even just for your phone. Where do you start? Um, and so being able to help businesses to identify how to run their business and how to focus more of their time on their clients rather than on managing their back office is something that really motivates me. Yeah, and I think it's really important because this is the the big promise of technology for business owners is that, well, you know, you look, you can automate things and you can save time. But the trouble is for most business owners, I would say, they get they, they never really realize that, do they? Because it, it gets so complex, they spend most of their time trying to figure out how it works and they never really, never really get there and that's a real shame. This is it, Rob. I mean, uh, you and I are probably, uh, if you take the business community as a whole, we're probably uh, at more of that innovator, early adopter spectrum of software and technology. But the vast, vast majority of businesses that are out there um, aren't as advanced in terms of their understanding of what marketing technologies do, aren't as understanding about what a good sales pipeline or sales funnel looks like. Um, and as a result, they're overwhelmed by the whole thing. Um, and then as a result, either they take lots of software and can't link it together and get really frustrated or don't do anything and get equally frustrated uh, as a result. So we're trying to overcome uh, that problem and help businesses to see what the potential is for them with uh, simple sales and marketing automation. Yeah, love it, love it. So let's talk about these seven steps then, Gareth. Let's get into those if we may. What's step one for people, would you say, to start systemizing their sales and marketing? Well, before we do that, um, I guess we need to look at, uh, at what business success is for most, uh, for most businesses. So if you think about your business um, and you think about those client interactions that you have, I would say that good business success comes from one of three things. It comes from a client giving you a testimonial or a referral to somebody that they know or giving you more work. Now, if you're not achieving one of those three things, something has fallen through the cracks at any one point in that entire relationship from when they first met you to the completion of, uh, of the work that you've delivered. Most people want to help others, but if there's something that's happened during that process that has broken that trust or broken that consistency, you're probably not gonna get one of those three outcomes. And so there are seven really clear steps um, that you need to follow in order to make sure that you're consistently delivering on those promises that that person had in mind when they first encountered you. So the first one is, is sign up. Uh, we, we'd call it sign up, you know, somebody coming to your website or picking up the phone and making contact with you. That's the kind of sign up and the introduction process. The next one is how we get that person to then take a next step. And that's what, that's what we call inspire. How do you take, how do you take somebody from first knowing you to taking that next step with you? That next step is probably some sort of meeting. Uh, in, in this day and age, it might be an online meeting on Zoom or it might be a face-to-face -face meeting or something like that. Um, and then off the back of that, if, if you've been successful in that, in, in that meeting, they might ask you to propose some work for them. Uh, and that's the P in our, in our process. Then if they sign up, that's when you launch with them. So when you onboard them as a new client, how do you manage that relationship with them? 
if you do that well and if you bring them on board and, and you still continue to build trust and rapport with them, they'll probably expand that relationship with you. They'll probably do more with you, offer some more work. And then if you completely nailed it, the last of the seven steps is about achieving a referral. So if we take all of those in turn, sign up, inspire, meet, propose, launch, expand, and refer, it becomes this really nice, simple acronym of SIMPLER. And that's what we want people to do in terms of managing their business. But the challenge that people face during that is that we can lose the trust or the belief of somebody that we're trying to work with if we're inconsistent across any of those steps. And that's where SIMPLER comes in, Rob. Yeah, no, I really, I really like it. I think, I think that's, I think that's really important because um, I was thinking, as you said, that it's, you know, it's very easy for us to have one or two bits of these uh, in an okay condition or even pretty good. But as you say, unless you've got the whole, um, you know, unless you've got the whole process in place, um, you're just you're you're losing too much, aren't you? You're, you're Absolutely. Most people get one or two of those things. Yeah really good so for example if you're a homeowner and you have a problem at home you need to you need to get a plumber out or something like that most plumbing businesses i would argue that are responsive will respond to your phone call or your email and at that point you think ah this is great we're going to solve our problem this way some of them will come out for a meeting and when they come out for that meeting you might build some rapport with them you might get on well with them but then when they, when they commit to getting some sort of proposal or some pricing to you, how many then fall off and don't do anything for you? And as a result of that, your, that trust that you had in them from that very first phone call that you had starts to erode, doesn't it? Even if you then go and hire that person, you've still got doubts at the back of your mind as to whether once they've done your job for you, you'd refer them to somebody else. And it's when that trust erodes in our minds – it's this protection instinct that we have. It's existed for thousands and thousands of years. It's what keeps us alive as humans. Are, are, we, are, are we on our guard that something doesn't seem right? When it doesn't, we're less likely to then protect that person or look after that person by referring them to somebody else. So it's about having that consistency of delivery throughout. Yeah, I was just thinking because in, in the last couple of years, you know, we've had various bits done to the house and just the experience of dealing with tradespeople, you know, even, even even if they're nice people and sort of kind of good at it. I mean, it's it's so poor, you know, I mean, they're, they're obvious, there really is no system there. I mean, you know, they will just get um, you'll go on check a trade or whatever. And then, you know, uh, you'll, you'll you'll have some contact. And as you say, like I realised after a while, this is a numbers game. It's like if I want one carpenter to come, I better I've got to contact ten because because they'll all fall by the wayside. You know what I mean? Within a, within sort of two two or three interactions, you know what I mean? It's just it's just dreadful. But absolutely, Rob. And if 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 we have such low regard for tradespeople who come round, imagine imagine what uh, a coach's or a consultant's prospects or clients feel about those dips in that consistency. We have our own ways as, as consultants and coaches of engaging with our own audience. If we don't follow up uh, by email or if uh, that follow-up isn't congruent with 
that first report that they've had with you or that first meeting that they've had with you or that first experience, that's eroding their, uh, their feelings of trust um, towards us. Absolutely. So let, let's, let's, we won't, we won't probably dig into every single one of the steps because there's a no. lot there, but we yep. can, we can look at, look at a few of them. And so the obviously stage one is the sign up. So, you know, getting web visitors to become leads. So for most people are probably pretty comfortable there, you know, they can, yep. they can, they can get their heads around that. But most people us, do that bit really well. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right, especially these days. Um, but talk to us a bit about stage two, inspire, because that's around using planned follow-up. So just talk to us about follow-up, some of the mistakes people have, the misconceptions they have around following up. Yeah, so uh, most people um, that get this wrong will have some sort of follow-up sequence uh, that comes from that report. So they're going from somebody that barely knows you at all to somebody who you are sending emails to probably, let's say for argument's sake, six, seven times in the space of a month. And if I'm not ready to buy from you after that sequence of events, what then happens? Most people who get this wrong, just leave it and let things go cold and and then you don't hear anything, literally, you know, um, tumbleweed. And then the coach or the consultant then starts to think, well, what do I need to do in order to be able to sell to this person? Three, six months further on down the line, they might re-engage or they might send a little broadcast or something like that. But there's an inconsistency there that that they've had a great report. They've had a fantastic experience on your site in order that they've given you their email address. They valued the report. They perhaps valued some of the first emails that they've received from you but for whatever reason, they weren't in that place to buy from you at that particular point in time. And if you've only followed up for a month on something that takes more consideration to buy, then you've lost it. You've lost their trust if you don't continue to follow up and add value to that relationship. So that's where, that's where one of those gaps can emerge. Yeah, that's, that, it's really interesting to think about it in that way. I think you're absolutely right. So some people, even if they do... F- like they do some follow up, but it's it's quite it's quite short term, isn't it? And actually, mm. as you rightly say, um, sometimes it takes people. It's a mixture of things, isn't it? Sometimes just take some people. It just takes them a long time to make their mind up, or they need yep. they need a long time to get comfortable with someone enough to trust them to work with them. And then other people just have stuff going on in their lives, right? And it's just like, well, you know, they they could really like you and they want to hire you, but then something blows up and takes priority and so if you're not there in that gap someone else will be right i mean that's the reality isn't it yep life gets in the way um i mean some some of my best examples of people following up um are in those sectors where it takes somebody longer to decide and there's a couple of really good examples so i've done a lot of work with um hot tub sellers by way of an example that um, you might feel inspired on a warm, sunny day to think about buying a hot tub for your family. So you go to a hot tub showroom, you do the whole trial thing, you take your swimming cozy, all of that kind of stuff. But when you get back home, you realize that you've got to measure up. You perhaps have to build something, uh, some sort of structure or support for this thing to go on. Meanwhile, the follow-up of most businesses that you might have been in contact with evaporates. Whereas Um, the really savvy ones will know that that person has a decision-making process that might last 
six months, 12 months, exactly 12 months might be a really key one because 12 months down the line, the sun might be out again, 24 months down the line, they might still be thinking this process. You need to continue to uh, to follow up and add value. Um, if somebody has expressed enough of a problem to have come to you in the first place, that problem is really unlikely to go away. The most likely outcome that somebody will have once they've engaged with you is that they won't do anything. That doesn't mean that the problem goes away. It just means that they've put something off uh, until another day. Indeed, it could it could even mean that their problems got worse in a lot of cases. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Don't uh, let's don't let's assume that uh, they've solved it and they don't need to work with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really good, really good. And so, um, I, I appreciate what you're saying. It's a great example. The the, um, the 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 hot tub sellers, and I suppose it is horses for courses. But do you have any sort of general rules of thumb about? You know, I mean, should we be in touch with people every week or is it every month? I mean, or or is it just too difficult to say? Is it really case by case? You wouldn't. Um, so so in that in that case of uh, of, of hot tubs or uh, perhaps a, a healthcare service, you probably wouldn't continue to email that person every day or every week. You'd probably start to string out your communications over a wider timescale. So you might start off uh, emailing daily, then weekly then bi-weekly, then monthly, then perhaps quarterly, just to keep things uh, nudging along. But at all times, what's important is the tone of your messaging. You know that that person at one point in time had a problem. How can you add value or add insight or add advice in that process to perhaps help them think about solving it themselves, but also by way of doing that, getting them to think, actually, I can't really solve this problem. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's um, it, This is really prevalent in those sectors where um, somebody has to take more of a consideration uh, over, over buying. I've worked with physios that have had this, had this challenge in the past that if you've, if you'd had a, had a problem with your knee or with your ankle or something like that, that, that means you can't run on it. Our general assumption is that the pain will go away. Or uh, businesses, even businesses like um, home cleaning uh, businesses, carpet or rug cleaning businesses, where perhaps you spilt some wine on a carpet at a party, you know, back in the days when we could have parties pre-COVID, you spilt some wine on the carpet and you think, I ought to get that professionally seen to so I don't damage that rug. But so you register your interest with a, a rug cleaner for some advice and some tips and some spot cleaner or something like that. Lo and behold, a month down the line, the stain's still there, and you're thinking, "Could I go to, um, could I go to Tesco's and buy some sort of rug cleaner myself instead of investing in that surface to do it?" The problem still exists, though, and that's where it's important that uh, service providers do continue to follow up because, in all likelihood, that person that's had that problem in the past won't have solved it in the interim. Yeah, or in or to kind of uh, stick with that. Um metaphor maybe they have another party right and they stain it again because they're that type of they're that type of customer right you know they're, they're like their behavior in the past is the best clue to their behavior in the future exactly exactly yeah. and it's it's exactly the same uh, context for coaching and consultancy services as well that same that same person that spills wine every time they have a party is probably exactly the same person that's that's making mistakes in their business uh, over different things 
I think yeah. you've identified a little bit of a demographic there, Rob. There we go. So you need. Do you spill your wine regularly? Are you an irresponsible uh, party holder slash alcoholic and, uh, who also cares uh, cares about their upholstery? Um, so there we go. Yeah, they, they, but not they, enough to solve it. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> I think we've nailed a new marketing campaign between us. There, that's good. I think we have, Rob. I'm sure you can get those people on Facebook ads. Yeah. So here's the here's the other main uh, gap when somebody buys from you. So looking further ahead to the launch stage. So of of simpler and our acronym. If we look at the L, think of all of the times that somebody has just invested heavily in your service, only to receive one or two fairly generic emails off the back of it. And in t- it's at that point where they're probably experiencing the most buyer's remorse as to whether they've done the right thing. What's that first impression that they have having spent money with you? You've worked so hard to get them to that stage and you've invested so much of your time in building that trust only to then get that notification from Stripe or wherever you've taken the payment and they don't really receive anything uh, afterwards. That is a massive cliff drop that, that, that people should look out for. I, yeah, I mean, you're, you're so right. And I was, I was actually going to, ask you specifically about this step this launch step and, and onboarding people because i think it's so important and um you're, you're absolutely right i mean you do all this work to get people to this kind of fever pitch you know you you know where they're where they're like yes you know yes i am going to do it and then if you're not careful they they do it is just like falling off a cliff because you go okay well that's done and in your mind it's done and you you kind of go okay well they're they're in hand that's all right we're doing we're doing what we need to but in their mind that like that's the moment they need maximum reassurance and it reminds me, actually, we when I used to um, uh, when I used to work for a company before I set up on my own, we we used to sell these um, this research service. And so I remember um, we had we had sold one uh, one of these research services to a company, and then we passed it to our um, analysts who had to actually write up the, the this this research note on a on a company. And then about two weeks later, we got a call from the company saying, uh, you know, no one's been in touch. And I was just like, ah, you know, it's like, do you, do you realize how hard we've got to work to actually get these people in the door? And then we kind yeah. of let them down. But what I realized was that although, OK, you could say, well, the analyst should he should know better. Actually, what I realized was that we we hadn't spelled that out for him. Like there was no written process that said, OK, our expectation is that when we get a new contract and you receive it, you have to be in touch within 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever it may be. And so because we didn't have that policy or that framework, that was where it was kind of falling apart. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. It's it's at that moment where they have their greatest amount of trust in you and their highest level of expectation that very soon they're going to get at least some outcome as a result of investing uh, in you that you need to look after them the most and if you don't have that system that process in place that when they say yes let's go ahead uh, of you being able to at least achieve an early quick win for them then that trust really quickly evaporates and and as i say we we have naturally this buyer's remorse this this instinct to be looking for problems um and if that if 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 that quick outcome or that quick win um, doesn't come along to our expectations, 
that's that's probably the greatest um, cliff drop that you can experience. So you can absolutely forget a testimonial, a referral, some ongoing work um, if if you don't bring them along at those critical points. Uh, yeah, I like it. And what on a very practical level, what are some tactics we can use to manage that onboarding process? I mean, is is this just a question of kind of making sure people get emails are we are we throwing in a call there are we we putting something in a post to them i mean what's the what what i know there's a range of things but what do you like the best there's 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 all those good ones but what's really important rob especially if it's a relatively high value transaction that they're having with you and there's been a a level of interaction in advance it's really important that we find out what their big problem is so what's their underlying reason for investing that money in working with you. Now, if it's the wine stain on the carpet, it's a relatively straightforward one. How do we book that appointment in to go and address that and do it really effectively? But if it's a big business problem that they have, that they want to get a solution for, how do you hone in on what that problem is early on? So instead of sending them a generic welcome on board piece that actually puts puts them in some sort of you know unstructured or 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 actually by by contrast some really tight structure thing that where it's only on step five or step six that they achieve the outcome that they're looking for then that can also really erode trust and and sort of consistency they almost feel like they're part of a process instead of feel like they're a client how do we how do we resolve that biggest problem that they've got as quickly as we can and it all comes down to really paying attention earlier in the sales process to what they tell us how they respond to different things and how they're interacting uh, with our content to be able to hone in on what we what we should solve uh, as quickly as possible that big first quick win yeah i really like that yeah so what so what you're saying then is that we shouldn't think about it so much as okay you know now they get my onboarding sequence it's more like now now they're on board uh you know based on what we found out earlier in the process you know these are the two or three things we do that's going to be really meaningful to the to a client of this type absolutely absolutely i like it yeah good stuff so um could you talk to us a little bit about stage six is is uh is an interesting one expand so how do we this is about upselling, cross-selling um, to turn first-time clients into into repeat clients. What are what are some some tips uh, or some mistakes uh, around this area? Because it's really important. Again, this relates to uh, what we talked about in terms of the launch and meeting expectations. There, if uh, if you pay attention to where that person wants to go after that first immediate problem is solved, and if you do all of those steps. Um, in line with where where they think you should be in that level of consistency, that line of consistency, then it's just about them paying attention to once they're happy with that, introducing that conversation as to what that next step is. So, Rob, if uh, you know if we if we talk about somebody with a business challenge, their immediate problem might be solvable within a month or so, but their big challenge, their big thing that they want to achieve is perhaps to expand the business to take on new staff to be able to take another three or four weeks off uh, a year how do we then move them to that next stage by having paid attention really to 
what that first problem is that they want to solve, that first big problem uh, that we can solve for them, but then what that logical next step, that bigger picture is. So if we relate it back to our simple example of the, of the wine stain on the carpet, when that uh, carpet, that rug cleaner, goes out to go and clean it, they solve that problem, but while they're there, they also recognise that that family has got three different pets who go out for muddy walks and who make um who damage the sofas and who damage you know carpets elsewhere in the house so they're big they they've solved their their first problem of oops i spilt wine on the carpet but they haven't solved their bigger problem of wanting their entire house to look beautiful and nice and it's exactly the same context in somebody's business we solve that first problem which might be um i've got a lack of leads coming into the business or i'm, I'm struggling to convert these leads that come in their bigger problem is actually, once you solve that, how do you then solve perhaps their delivery uh, process? Or how do you help them to uh, sort of franchise the delivery uh, or the consulting in their business uh, across the piece so that they can expand and step back from some of the, uh, from, from some of the main core processes in their business? It comes down to really listening to what the immediate problem is and then what the wider objective, what the wider uh, business piece or personal piece is that they want to solve. Yeah, I like it. Just say a couple of words for us on the, on the final step, refer um, Gareth, because I know this is something people struggle with. You know, they, like they don't know how to ask for referrals. Yeah. Um, doesn't your... it become awkward? It's, um, if, if, there have been, if there have been gaps in the process throughout or gaps in that, in that welcome, in that delivery process, in that launch, things that you intuitively feel could have gone better, we become somewhat reluctant to ask for that referral. Naturally, a referral should come if we've managed to achieve all the objectives that you and they had throughout that entire process, even then, sometimes we don't ask for that referral. And asking for the referral needs to be done in a relatively, um, in a relatively simple, in a relatively structured, in a relatively easy to give way. So as, you, as you're picking up signals on what that person's like, are they the kind of person that has a bit of a network and can introduce you to others? Are they somebody that um, is active on social media and talks about others really positively? In other, in other words, can we ask them for some sort of written testimonial on a trust pilot or on, a, or on LinkedIn or somewhere like that? Or are they the kind of person that by your work with them, you know that they're very well networked in a particular community? In which case, is it possible to perhaps do a video interview with them or perhaps a three-way uh, Zoom call with them where they introduce you to somebody else? Again, it's about picking up the signals, making sure that we hit all of the right objectives through the process so that when we get to the point of the end of that relationship, if everything has gone well, how then do we ask in the right way for that referral? I like it. So we'll just have a quick recap then. The simpler method, Gareth. So um, do you want to do the steps or shall I, uh, shall I, I, I have your, have your, uh, your one pager here, which is really helpful. Should I, um, should I go? Yeah, I'm more, I'm more, we can perhaps uh, include that in the show notes if you want to, Rob. Yes, um, so, so there are seven steps to simpler. Um, it starts with the sign up. So how they first 
um, express an interest in what you have. That might be, you know, in our context of online marketing, that might be a lead magnet. It might be a phone call that comes through. How do you capture that lead in the first place? Second step, are we writing these down? Because this is I, uh, inspire. How do we then take them from the point of where they've expressed their first interest to doing something more meaningful with you? That next meaningful step uh, is probably some kind of meeting if it's a higher value uh, uh, sale, and that's the M. If that meeting's gone well, and if uh, we can offer them something uh, that adds value to them, then we're probably going to propose some sort of uh, structured work together. So that's P, the proposal. Stage five is the launch and making sure that when they have paid you that money and entrusted you to do the work, that we bring them on board in the right way and we achieve uh, their first immediate objective or overcome their first problem. If we do that successfully, then we can move to the expand phase and we can do more work with them or we can ask them for more work, perhaps even prompt them based on something that they've told us uh, in the past. And then if all of that's gone well, if we've been consistent throughout that entire process and we've listened to uh, the signals that they've given us uh, and we've paid attention to how they're networked, then we can ask about the referral, but in the right context and in the right way and in a way that doesn't make them feel super uncomfortable. So that's simpler uh, from end to end. And if we do all of that successfully, then we should be achieving those success objectives in our business. And remember, there are three of those. Do they give you a referral? Do they give you a testimonial? Or do they offer you more work with them? And that's the objective, isn't it? Because um, everything at the front end of the funnel is a lot harder to do than doing more work uh, with existing clients or getting warm leads uh, into referrals. Yeah, 100%. I really like that. Just that idea that, you know, if you're not getting one of those three things at the end, you're there's a hole in your process, you know. There's, there's a gap somewhere, wrong. right? Yeah. yeah. I really like it. It's a really nice test, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. We, before we wrap up, we're going to play a new game, Gareth. We're going to quickly play the yes or no game. Excellent. <laughs> I know you've been looking forward to this. So, um uh, the, it's a very simple game. Um, I think you'll get the hang of it quite quickly. So, uh, Marcello Bielsa, yes or no? Yes. Seth Johnson? No. <laughs> Richie Sunak? No. Piers <laughs> Morgan? No. <laughs> Gary Lineker? Yes. Yeah. Tom Hanks? Yes. Matthew McConaughey? Yes. That's all I've got. I, I, I needed a few more. That, that was a really random selection, yeah, man. Yeah, it were to be completely random, but there we go, mate. But anyway, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Not <laughs> a lot of diversity in that list, Rob. <laughs> all males. Well, no, no, I just think it, I, I did actually think that earlier. All, all pretty much middle age or above. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not the most PC probably, but uh, there, there we go. Now I need, next, that's a mental note for next time. <laughs> the yes, no game. I like it. I yeah. like the way you started, Marcelo Bielsa. He is pretty much God at the moment. Uh, yes, squared, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, no, well, good. No, well, congratulations. You, you, the inaugural contestant on the Yes No game, and uh, you passed with flying colours, Gareth. So that was excellent. <laughs> um, so, um, so just to wrap up, then, so if it, coming back to a conversation, if people took just one nugget or piece of advice away from everything we talked about, what should that be? Would you say? 
Be consistent. So have consistency across your entire relationship with your leads and your clients. Because without that consistency, our instincts or their instincts kick in to protect themselves. And that, that nervousness that something's something's wrong, um, A, they probably won't refer you to others. And B, it's really unlikely that they'll offer you extra work. So try and be consistently high and consistently thoughtful in the way um, that you deal with people. Oh, you're really good. Where is the best place for people if they'd like to get more from you, Gareth? There's a couple of places. So if you are a zero user and you're frustrated with the software that you use in your business to systemize your relationships with your leads and your clients, go ahead and look at our software, which is called Connectably. Um, and you can find that at connectably.com. That's connect, A-B-L-Y, connect ably. Uh, go and have a look at that. If you're not a zero user, but you'd still like to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. And if you go to askgareth.com, that will take you to my LinkedIn profile. And if you do want to connect with me, make sure you include a message and if you, if you say that you discovered me on Growth Moves, I'll know where you came from uh, and I'll accept your connection. Excellent. Gareth, thank you so much. It's been really good to talk to you. Thanks, Rob. It's been fun. Hey, it's Rob again. Want to build a successful online business from your expertise? Well, the game has changed. There are bigger opportunities, but also bigger pitfalls than ever before. And I would hate for you to waste years figuring these things out for yourself. Now, as a listener to this show, you're obviously a sensible person, right? So here's my invitation to you. Apply to jump on a call with me in the next few days and let's talk about you. You will get feedback on your ideas. You will get a product concept that is fit for right now and you will get a personalized sales and income plan to take away. That is free, but availability is limited. So please go along right now to chatwithrob.com. That is chatwithrob.com. Do that now. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Once again, that is chatwithrob.com. Talk to you soon.